Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. This is season two of the Marked Podcast from Lifeway Women. I'm your host, Mary Margaret Collingsworth. Each week, we'll hear the story of what God has done in the lives of different people. We'll talk about things that have marked them, and I know you'll be encouraged. Most of them are just like you. I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Marked Podcast. Um, today's guest is one that I have been so excited about um, ever since we talked about doing the podcast. Um, she is one person that I have wanted to have as a guest here because I love her story. Um, it is one that has impacted my life profoundly over the last few years um, because she is not just um, somebody that I know, but as a personal friend and um, and as a sister in Christ. And so I really believe that you're going to learn something today um, from my dear friend, Maureen Kaderi. Um, she is from Kenya and you're going to hear that in her accent as she shares um, with us in just a minute. But Maureen, thank you so much for being here today. And can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you so much, my dear. Um, my name is Maureen Kaderi, as we've heard, and um, I'm born again. I love Christ so much. I'm a mother to one son uh, called Amazia Fadili. Amazia means the Lord is my strength, and Fadili means compassion. And uh, a, a wife to Mr. Oliver Kaderi, who is also a beneficiary of compassion like me. And together, um, we are blessed to have spiritual daughters, 32 daughters, and uh, we are grandparents to 30 grandchildren. Did you just say your grandparents to 30 grandchildren? Oh, yes. 30. Yeah, that. Okay, and tell everybody how old you are. Um, oh, I oh that's probably a rude question. Is that a, no, rude, question? a rude question? Okay, all right. No. Tell everybody how old you are. Yeah, I'm 31 years old. I just turned 31 years old this year. 31 years old and a grandmother yes. to 30. Well, I w- Maureen, so that everybody can kind of understand how at 31 years old you're a grandmother to 30, can you just share, I'm just going to give you a few minutes just to share your story and to kind of tell us how the Lord has brought you to where you are. And um, and I, I'm just going to let you kind of have the floor for a few minutes. So you go right ahead and tell us, tell us your story. Oh, thank you. Uh, actually, me being... Who I am today, it has crossed the hand of God. Uh, I'm just, my life is just a testimony. Um, you know, God raised me from nothing to something and from nobody to somebody. And uh, my life is totally redeemed. Uh, I'm just a testimony. Uh, I grew up in one of the largest slums in Kenya called Karubangi. And life in the slum is not one of the easiest places to be. There are lots of hardship. Uh, there's lots of trash everywhere and, you know, raw sewage just passing across uh, the houses. And um, there's a lot of litter and the place just smells. There's a lot of survival prostitution where girls, young girls and young women prostitute for food to be able to feed uh, uh, their family or provide basic needs for their family. There's a lot of rape. Uh, that happens there every single day. I happen to see my own friends being raped by their own dads, their mm. own uh, brothers, their own 
you know, uncles and even neighbors. And this was a common thing that happened every time. Uh, there's a lot of harmful liquor being brewed there and uh, drug abuse that is done by both men and women. Uh, people in the slum live a very homeless life. Uh, my dad was a casual laborer. My, my mom was not working. And so my dad, if he happened to get a job, he would earn $10 or less than $10 a month. And this was not enough for us to survive because our rent was $6. And this was not something that he got often. So it means that we used to move from one house to another, trying to get um, uh, 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 you know, money to be able to pay. So the landlords used to chase us from one place to another. And I remember um, we used to live in this small house, actually like 10 by 10 cubicle mm. in America, probably the size of most of your closets or even uh, bathrooms, or maybe mm. your bathrooms and closets are bigger than our house used to be. And the walls were made up of mud. Uh, the floor was not cemented and the roof, was um, made of tinned, you know, iron sheets that had holes. And so if it rained, we could not sleep because we never had a bed. You know, our house was like a self-confused house. The kitchen is there, the bedroom is there, and everything is there. And uh, uh, we would, uh, you know, we never had a bed. And so at night we'll take our clothes and spread it down. So if it rained, it, mean, it meant that, that we were not going to sleep. Mm. So because the floor was wet and we will stand the whole night, you know, until yeah. it stops raining. And even if it stops raining, we could not go back and sleep. And so life was sad. And I remember the next day I would go to school crying because my uniforms were rained on. I, you know, my eyes were full of uh, sleep. My books were rained on, were wet. And I feared because the teacher, teachers never cared. We were in this public school mm -hmm. that we were on and off because we could not pay school fees. And um, food was our major problem. I remember we've, we went for days, four or five days without eating anything. Wow. I went four or five days without eating anything. And if I had to eat anything, it was uh, rotten food that we picked uh, from the trash can, from people's leftovers, or, uh, you know, the market, the, the, those rotten things that are thrown away. And that is what we'll come back home and thank uh, God for. Life was so miserable for us. We never had a bathroom. We used to, you know, if we felt like we want to go to the bathroom, we'll take a plastic bag, release our waste in a plastic bag, swing it. We, we call it a flying toilet. <laughs> swing it and release it. Mm. Yeah, and wherever it falls, that is where it's supposed to be. And uh, we never cared. And that is why, you know, in the in the in the slum, there's a lot of those, you know, everything, make a mixture of everything that people step on. Mm -hmm. And so life was so hard. Life was so hard. And, you know, I, we, I could not even afford, when I started having my monthly periods, I could not afford sanitary towels. Mm. And I remember using my own clothes, cut them into pieces and use it and uh, come back, wash my own blood and hang it praying that they will dry because if it could not dry, it means that the next day I'll put on wet rugs. Mm. And I was so smelly. I was so smelly. You know, I just grew up, you know, very malnourished, very skinny, smelly. And, you know, I had all those kind of bad names and I was so bitter. And I never believed that God was there because I was like, if God really exists, why do we live this kind of life? Yeah. Why are we facing all these kinds of hardships? And at some point, I contemplated killing my own family so that we'd rather die other than 
live the kind of life. So life was so miserable. I could share my story for like a whole day because of what we passed through. But I thank God, when I was seven years old, my life changed. At the, by then it never seemed, but I, I came to believe that change is gradual. When Compassion International came into my life mm -hmm. uh, and uh, life just changed. I remember going to the Compassion Project every Saturday just for food. And we knew Compassion was all about food. And so I was always looking forward to Saturdays because this was the only place that I learned about balanced diet. A place that I learned about this tea in the morning and this lunch mm -hmm. and you know you get in excess. And I would go with a plastic bag with me put, you know, pretend that I'm not full and go back for a second plate or a, and a third plate and then put the second and the third plate in the plastic bag to take home and share with my family. Mm. And that is what I kept doing. But later on, I realized that compassion was more than food. And I thank compassion very much because they gave me my first Bible. Mm. And it is at the Compassion Project that I accepted Christ in my life and my relationship with Christ grew. Amen. And, you know, it just it was just amazing because I received hope. When I received Christ, I received hope. People in the Islam are so hopeless. I was so hopeless. But when I received Christ, I received this hope. And I started saying I'd rather die physically poor mm. because I knew that spiritually I was very rich. And if I died, I would go and enjoy life in abundance, in the, you know, with my father in heaven. And so I, I was so excited about that. And I thank Compassion also for my sponsors because uh, they would write for me letters. And I remember them sharing and saying, Maureen, we love you so much. Mm. And we pray for you. We have a picture of you on our refrigerator. I never knew what a refrigerator was. <laughs> <laughs> but they so, had a picture of you right there. Yes, they had a picture of me. And I think, you know, I was so malnourished. I thank God because of that. That is maybe what made them, ask, uh, you know, sponsor me. And so I had to go and ask what a refrigerator was. And my social worker, I remember my social worker explaining to me what a refrigerator was, which mm. took time because I had never seen any. Yeah. And um, when uh, they continued in their letter that, Maureen, you are so beautiful wow, that was something because I had never been told that I was beautiful. Mm. And not just me, people in the slum, women in the slum and girls in the slum, nobody tells them they're beautiful. The only people who tell them they're beautiful are the wrong people who mess up with their lives. My own parents never told me that, but I don't blame them. They could not even provide food for us. They could not even have time, you know, to come and tell me Maureen because they were guilty of not being able to provide the basicness to our family. And they didn't even have time for that. They were looking for money left, right, and center. And so when they, my sponsors told me, Maureen, you're beautiful, that shook me. And I never cared who else would tell me that I'm, I'm beautiful. As long as my mzungu, mzungu in Swahili, in Kenya means a white person, had told me that I was uh, beautiful. And that kept me moving. And I believe that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter who else will tell me that I'm not beautiful. I believed and I knew that I was beautiful. I think they had seen the beauty inside me and the beauty outside me. And uh, and they continued and said that uh, poverty does not determine your future. Mm -hmm. It shapes it. And yes, poverty never determined my future. It shaped it. And I thank God that through compassion, you know, I remember the first time I got a toothbrush in compassion, we shared it all in our house, one toothbrush. 
six of us wow. kept sharing that. So I thank God because poverty never determined my future. And I thank God for poverty because if I was not poor, I would not have accepted Christ. If I was not poor, I would not be so passionate to give back to the community and give back and be generous like my sponsors did. And I was able through the sponsorship to go to the university. I'm the first person who has gone to the university and mm. got a degree in education, English and literature. I was able to educate my siblings and take my family out of the slum. Wow. Unfortunately, currently I don't have a mother or a father, but I wish they would be here because I totally live a diff different life. I'm both spiritually and physically rich currently. And, um, uh, it's amazing that I was sponsored, but right now I sponsor. My husband and I sponsor a child in Mexico through mm, compassion. I love that. And, yeah, and it's so amazing that, um, you know, through that, I learned about giving back. And mm -hmm. that is what I'm doing currently. Serving, you know, desperate young pregnant girls in crisis from the streets and slums of Kenya. These are girls age 15 and below who are pregnant either due to rape incest or survival prostitution and the only option they have is either to procure an abortion or uh, commit suicide and as as christians we believe in pro-life and we just want them to keep their babies and we just tell them that we love them so much they're beautiful and give them the hope which is jesus christ and so it's such an honor and i would want to do this and i thank god for my poverty story mm -hmm. because it is not my story it's god's story and that's why I'm here even sharing with you God's story. Gosh, you know, I have, I've heard your story so many times and, um, and it, it does not, I mean, it, I'm, I'm still speechless every time I think I hear your story because it is such a God story. And, oh, yes. um, you know, I, Maureen and I spent a summer together, um, traveling, um, with a camp called student life. And, um, and every week I got to hear Maureen's story of, of how the Lord rescued her using the vehicle of compassion international. And, um, yeah got to know her as a friend and as a sister and, um, and actually the next year had the opportunity to go to Kenya and we got to see yeah. each other there and spend time together. And I got to see some of these slums that she spoke of and got to see with my own eyes, the things, um, you know, got to see the flying toilets and got to see, um, you know, the, just these, these 10 by 10, um, mm -hmm. homes that, that are the size of a lot of our closets. And, um, and got to see the, the reality of poverty that here in the United States, we very rarely see, um, mm. you know, but at the same time, how God is, um, as you said, before we even started recording today, like God has redeemed your story. You know, he has taken, um, those difficult things, those hard places. And, um, and he has, he has brought his name so much glory through that. And so tell us a little bit about, um, mercy house and how that got started and kind of what you're, what it is that you're doing now. And I know you kind of gave us a little bit, um, of information about what you're doing now, but kind of give us a little bit more of that story. Yeah. So, uh, actually mercy house is another big God story because, um, uh, when God called me for it, it was just like immediately after uh, finishing Actually, I had not even graduated from the university. And uh, God connected me the same year that I came to the U.S. God had connected me with this amazing woman called Kristen Welch, who is like a mother to me. Mm -hmm. And I love her so much. And when she came to Kenya and saw what was happening in Kenya, she was burdened. And she felt God telling her, you need to do something. 
she came back to America very messed up. And uh, she asked me to, you know, look around. And because after coming back, she saw an article on CNN about backstreet abortion. And she asked me, is this real? To her, it was a big deal. Mm. To me, it was not a big deal because it happens every single day in the slum. And so she asked me if I knew of a church or an organization that was doing something to help these kind of ladies. And I spent time looking for them. And... Unfortunately, I never. And by then, I never even knew that God was calling me, you know, mm -hmm. or something like that. But I had, I've, I've always had a passion for girls and a passion for babies, being a girl child and being a child in the slum. And so uh, we kept looking, and I never found any. And um, I remember when I, I came to the U.S., and uh, they drove all the way from Texas and came to see me in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we could not find any in Kenya, it, we just took time and she was called by God and I was called by God. So we both said yes to God and um, it was a small yes, a very weak yes. But it's so amazing that when God calls us, I didn't have any money. You know, yeah. Kristen likes saying that she was just an ordinary mom and a, a middle class mom and just, you know, just a normal person, a writer and all that. And me here, I was a girl from poverty and I, I didn't have anything. And the only thing that I had was just to say yes. At first for me, it was hard. And uh, because I was also always looking forward to finishing university and getting a big job and being able to support my family. But um, it's so amazing. When we say yes to God, God took care. We surrendered it to him and God took care of this ministry. Mm -hmm. Actually, Mercy House does not belong to Christian or I. Mercy House belongs to God. Yeah. We're just vessels of honor. And so what we do is we have two homes in Kenya, two homes in Kenya where we rescue young, poor, pregnant girls from the streets and slums of Kenya. These are girls who are pregnant uh, at age 15 either due to rape, incest or survival prostitution, as I had said earlier. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, they, they are like outcasts. In Kenya, in Africa, a baby is an extra mouth to feed. Yeah. And so these are poor girls, girls from the streets, and here they're pregnant, and it's against their wish, and they're also still children, and nobody wants to hear. They've been abandoned by everybody in their their family in the community so they are so desperate and in crisis so these are the girls that we rescue we bring them in this place we ensure they keep their babies we have a holistic program which has counseling because these are traumatized girls we have life skills because we want to boost their self-esteem we have livelihood skills where we teach them to make things with their own hands like jewelry mm -hmm. and sewing and then we have the separship class where we know we want to ensure that they have a relationship with Christ but that is at a personal level mm -hmm. and if they wish to and then um we have parental classes because these are young mothers yeah they need to be taught how to take care of their babies and be good responsible mothers and then uh we have we try to keep them as you know it's kind of like homeschooling so that once after the two years they are able to go back to school and so we try to give them some basic education uh while in the home and then we stay with them for a period of two years them and their babies and we try to transition them back home you know mm -hmm. so they give birth in a, in a good hospital and they're taken care of with their babies their babies get all the uh 
immunization they're supposed to get as babies and then after two years we try to transition them back home but it's a case by case there are girls we can transition them back home after two years there are girls that we, ca we, we can't transition them because either they don't have a home they're orphans we got them from the street or from children somewhere they were kicked out or they've not been fully accepted by either their parents or their guardians, or they are not ready to go back. Because um, what happens is Rehema, uh, house, sorry, Rehema house is a Swahili word for mercy. Okay. So if you are saying Rehema, just know it's mercy. <laughs> uh, what we do there is um, we try to transform and empower them. I was transformed. It took Compassion 18 years to transform and empower me. Mm -hmm. So... We're trying to do the same to these uh, young mothers and we ensure that by the time they go back home, if somebody wants to go back to school, they still go back to school. We pay for their school fees because we have a sponsorship program. And if somebody wants to do a vocational training, they do that because we want to ensure that they can sustain themselves and mm -hmm. their babies and their families and stand up on their feet. And currently we just, which is amazing, Masi House began reaching out not only to these women, young women in Kenya, but currently Mercy House is reaching out to 45 groups in 25 countries all over the world wow. and providing women with work. Mm. Because we realize that what women need, what people in uh, Africa or third world our third world country need or you know because even poor countries countries what they need is not a handout right they want to feed their own children mm -hmm. they want to be able to pay school fees Christian says that always that they want to be able to pay school fees they want to be able to provide food and buy clothing they don't want people to give the money to do that yeah. they want to be able they want to be empowered mm -hmm. So what we do is there's this, um, we, we, uh, it's called Fair Trade Friday, where the people subscribe to this club and they are able to buy things, purchase things made by these women and provide a job to them so that they are able to feed their families and take their own children to school. Mm. And this, what this does, what Fair Trade Friday does is it's giving them dignity. I love that. So, yes. so it's called Fair Trade Friday, and Fair trade Friday. and it's kind of like a subscription box, isn't it? Like where you get a box every month with different things. Yes, there's bracelets of the month, there's earring of the month, and what is amazing about that is when when money is gotten from it, a uh, part of it, like let me say, a hundred percent goes back mm -hmm. because women are paid from this, they earn from it, and then the other money that is fr from it. Is, is sent to the maternity home that we have in Kenya that my husband and I run in Kenya mm -hmm. and it supports towards its budget and running of that home. I love that. And and yes. I love that it, that it's it's exactly what you said it gives women their dignity back. You know, yes. it gives these women a, a job and a reason and and something to do to feel like they're they're helping their family and they're not just asking for a handout. You know, but yes. that, that they are working hard towards that and um, mm -hmm. just like what you said and and what you and I both know that compassion does is, you know, the intention is to break um, the cycle of poverty, release children from poverty in Jesus name, okay, the same Jesus thing. Name, yeah. You know, you guys are doing the same thing, you know, helping release these women from poverty and helping their families so that it is it is holistic, like you were saying. And I love that. Oh, yes. And Actually, we say it's providing jobs in Jesus name, providing jobs in Jesus name. I yes. love it. 
And, um, and I'm going to, for those of you who are listening today, um, if you will check back on our blog, we're going to give you some links at the end. Um, we're going to give you links to fair trade Friday to mercy house global and ways that you can connect and you can find out more information. So, so stay tuned and make sure you keep an eye out for that. Um, but Maureen, another question I wanted to ask you just because you're working with so many moms and babies and you are, um, you know, making a difference that way, you know, in, in really literally ministering to these women, you know, on, on a one-on-one basis. And, um, Um, and engaging with them, you know, living with, you know, living right there with them. Um, You know, how has it changed for you um, the way that you minister to them um, since you became a mom yourself? Oh, it's, let me tell you, um, when I was sharing my story, I say that I thank God for poverty because I think God knew my destiny and knew what I was going to do in future. And so God had to take me through poverty so that I would be able to fit in the shoes of these women mm-hmm. and these young girls because they are poor. And when they, when I'm with them, I'm able to identify with them. And then later on, God took away my parents. Yeah. So I don't have parents. I've lost so many people. My sister, my nephew, my mom, my dad. I've been through so much pain. Mm-hmm. And when I lost my loved one, I came to realize that, oh, I've always been telling people when they lose their loved ones, it's okay. I came to realize when I lost mine, it is not okay. Life changed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, at that point, I just wanted people to love on me and people to allow me to cry and people to mourn with me and be there with me. And so some of the girls and most of them and even the women that I work with, they are orphans. Yeah. And so I'm able to also identify with them, not only through poverty, but also through g- grief. And then currently I became a mom and I realized, wow, I've always been there when these girls are giving birth. Actually, that is the best part of my job, mm. being there when they're giving birth and all this. But when I became a mom and experienced it first and it changed me. Yeah. Oh, it changed I'm me. Sure. And at first, you know, it just made me know how great God was. And how his grace was sufficient. And I remember that day after giving birth to my baby and I said, oh God, it is not, if it was not for you, I don't know how I would have done this because I gave birth normally and I labored for like five years. And I said, God, see these young girls. They're not even anywhere close to my age. Mm -hmm. Yet they, they go through all these and you still give them these beautiful babies. You give them, your, your grace is just so enough and strength that they are able to give birth safely. Yeah. And they're too young, they don't even have husbands, but yet you take care of them mm-hmm. and their babies. And it made me just to be grateful to God. And every time I look at my baby, I look at the babies at Mercy House, it just made, makes me to be grateful to God. And, you know, it's just so amazing. It is. It is. it is. And, and I love that, that you were able to, to give God the glory for the difficult things in your life, because now yeah. he's using those things in a totally different way for his glory. Yes. And, yes. you know, and, and things that you would never, you know, wish on someone else or anything like that. Like the loss. I remember um, talking to you not too long after your mother passed away and, yeah. you know, and, and what a difficult season that was. And, you know, it's not something anybody would, would wish for someone else to happen, but it has allowed you to, to know these girls better and to understand yeah. their story better and where they come from and what they've experienced because, um, because you've experienced it. And, yeah. um, and I think it's such a picture of the gospel and such a picture yeah. of, uh, just like you're saying of the grace and mercy of God and how he is sufficient yes. for us, 
Um, when yes. we are weak, when we go through difficult circumstances, that he is more than enough. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. he is. And, um, you know, and, and I, I feel at this point to even ask you this question, I feel like you've already answered it in so many ways, but, um, you know, but what, you know, if you had to say, you know, one thing in your life, Maureen, that has, that has just marked you significantly, that has changed you and made a difference. Like what would, what would that one thing be? Oh, one thing that has marked me is, oh my God, is God's grace and redemption in my poverty. Mm. That is huge. If it was not for God, I don't know where I will be right now. Probably I will be dead. Probably I will be a prostitute. Or I will have been, I will have aborted so many kids or a mother to so many children mm-hmm. living right in the slum, in that bondage. But God used that for a reason and for the glory and honor of his name. Mm-hmm. So I'm marked by the redemption of God through my life in poverty. Amen. Yes. Amen. How, what would you say to encourage women today who don't feel like their story matters, you know, who don't feel like what they've been through matters and it can't, you know, make a difference in the life of somebody else, you know, cause I know that, that for a, lo- a long time in your life, you didn't feel like it mattered. Um, yes. but what would you say to somebody who's kind of standing on the edge today that God's calling them or leading them to do something and, and they're just scared or they're, um, they're hesitant for some reason. And what would you say to somebody listening um, today who feels that way? I would, what I would want to tell, I don't know what somebody is going through, but what I would want to tell all the women is that God has not forgotten them. Mm. God loves them and he is enough. He just wants us always to surrender everything unto them. And the other thing is that, you know, when you've heard all this, when you've heard Maureen's story or you've heard any other person's story and testimony, you know, you've got to respond. Yeah. You've got to respond. And how are you going to respond? Because, um, when you do this, you're not doing it for yourself. It is more of Jesus mm-hmm. and less of you. And so when you hear a story like this, you can't be the same. Yeah. You got to wake up and go down on your knees and tell God, what do you have for me to do? Just give me the grace. Maureen went and did something without even having money. She was very poor by then. But she realized that she had a testimony, she had a story, and it was not all about her, and she did something. And when you say yes to God, he does the rest. Amen. He only wants us, when he calls us, he only wants us to respond. He doesn't want us to give excuses or to complain. He doesn't want to hear that, oh, you know, I'm young, you know, I'm poor, you know, when I grow old, this is what I'll do. He only wants you to say yes, mm-hmm. and here I am use me so that is my my prayer today is that everybody who has listened to this if you feel discouraged at this point if you feel like you've wanted to do something but you've never done it for me just to tell you first god has not forgotten you Mm. secondly god wants you to respond in whichever way don't think that there's no there's nothing that is small everything matters before god just do it and surrender it to god work in partnership with God and believe you me, he'll make it great. It is not all about you. It's all about God and his will. Let his will be done in your life and in your response. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I'm, I'm out of, I'm flat out of questions. I think like, girl, let me just say that what you just said is so true and it is so powerful that he, God wants our yes. 
You know, he, yeah. he flat out wants our yes. And, and once yes. we give that to him, he has full reign to do whatever he wants to with our lives. And, and yes. I've watched how you have given him your yes, and he has honored that. And so yes. I hope that for those of you listening today um, that are just maybe sitting on the fence of God prompting you to do something, to step out, to make a difference, um, to do something differently. Um, you know, maybe he's just in the beginning of stages of doing that. Give him your yes. And, um, and we know that, 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 that his promises are, are good for us, that he is faithful to us and, um, and that he's not forgotten us. You know, whether you feel like you're the least of these, um, like Maureen felt in so many ways, um, growing up in a slum or whether you feel like you, um, are surrounded by enough right now, um, that all yes. he wants is your yes. Um, yes. so we're going to wrap up with that because let me just tell you, that's, um, I can't think of anything better to say. I can't think of anything more, but thank you so much, Maureen, um, today for sharing your story. Um, If you guys will um, look back at the show notes at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast, you can see Maureen's um, bio and photo. You can learn a little bit more about her. We're also going to link to Mercy House Global. Um, You can find out more information about Fair Trade Friday, uh, more information about sponsoring a child through Compassion International. Um, I've I've actually, I sponsored two girls, one in Kenya and one in Guatemala and and have gotten to visit both of them, meet both of them in person. And let me just tell you, like Maureen was saying, those writing letters and and engaging with girls um, and and boys, um, whether you sponsor a little girl, a little boy, somewhere around the country, around the world, um, that, that it makes a difference. And, and I think, um, from somebody who grew up in the compassion project, the fact that Maureen has turned around and is now sponsoring a child herself in Mexico mm-hmm. tells you that what they do, um, is the real deal. And so you can also go to compassion.com forward slash lifeway and find out more about how to sponsor a child there. But thank you guys so much for um, listening today um, to Maureen's story. And we hope to see you back here again sometime soon. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It's a great way for other people who aren't listening yet to find us. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for Teen Girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.